Ladies, gentlemen, pimps in between, welcome back, one and all, to the latest installment of the Arsenal Cannon Podcast. It has probably been a while since you've heard my voice hosting, and especially on this show, I might occasionally host the extra show if Rob is unavailable, but this is a rarity. It is a main show, and well, there's only one voice that you guys are going to hear today. We are taking this as a throwback show, all the way back to the origins of this podcast, where the voice of the beautiful, bearded, ginger man that is Daniel Finton graced your ears. Um, He used to record these alone in his car. Well, we've had a bit of a technological upgrade since then, but yes, it is just me. Um, Both Daniel and Rob are on vacation this week, and Alfie left his microphone in London like an idiot. At least I think it's in London. It's somewhere where he's not. Um, so expect him maybe to be back later this week for a Southampton episode. But as of now, I'm the only one of our traditional hosts who uh, can record today, which is interesting and exciting and something I'm pretty unfamiliar with. This will be my first time talking to all of you beautiful people alone. So, you know, I'm happy to be here doing all right, having a great time. Um you, For all of you who dislike my opinions and my takes and think I'm the worst member of the podcast, I think in our last fan poll that we did, I was came in a graceful second as Rob, Alfie, and Daniel were tied for first. Um, click off now for the rest of you who are willing to hear an American waffle on about English football for probably 10 or 15 minutes. Don't worry, the show will not be too long. Um, feel free to stay and listen. And I don't know. Um, this is as odd for me as it probably is for you. So without further ado, let's kick into a West Ham performance that I think we can all agree was disappointing um, for the first time that I can remember. And I think possibly in history, Arsenal have drawn another game 2-2, but done so again, surrendering a two goal lead. And depending on who you listen to, whether the Arscast or Arsenal Vision or you know, insert your pick of Premier League pundit. There's a lot of takes as to why. Some say we might be getting complacent, others cocky. Um, but I think, you know, to start this off, we're pretty, or I say we, I, am pretty much going to run this show like a bit of an Arsenal Vision instant reaction format. So classic as we tend to run our Arsenal Cannon podcast these days, we're going to start with a headline. And for me, there's no better way to kind of sum up this West Ham match than the fact that it's a bump in the road, but that all is not lost, I suppose. Um, yes, there's a substantially more difficult challenge facing the Arsenal as they they look to surmount the Premier League for the first time in over a decade. But I do think at the same time, mathematically, we're still in it, um, and that should be hope enough for any of us. So I think... If I had to create a title, it would be when challenges arise, champions are born. And it's pretty simple. We are facing the historically the most successful team in this era of the Premier League when it comes to challenging for titles in the final 10 games. Well, I saw a statistic today that in their last four title challenging seasons, ignoring the 2021 season, Manchester City have averaged 20.3 points from their final eight matches. So just over 20 points from a you know potential tally of 24. If they were to average, hit that average figure, 
Arsenal will need 17 points, five wins, and two draws from those last seven games. That is damning. That means we could, if City stick to their average, draw against, say, City at the Etihad and Newcastle at St. James and win out the rest and we would win the title. But that's not necessarily guaranteed to happen. Um, Manchester City, of course, have the potential, the ability, and frankly, the form to win every one of their remaining games, including their what will be the most crucial battle of this entire title fight at the Etihad in a week or two. I forget the timeline. Regardless, it's a big one. And Arsenal, on the other hand, are faltering. But I think this is the moment when our pedigree as a championship contending side can truly be realized. If this is the stumbling block, if this is the the final hurdle in the race and the one that we trip over, then fair enough. But I think at a certain point, this team has the ability, the talent, the coaching to go on and win the title. I've said that for months. And though my level of relative confidence has definitely been different over those months, I think at the same time, we, again, whether it's just by mathematical ability, but honestly, I do believe in the character and the quality of this team. I just think we need to show it again. And to express that really, I think the best way to get into it is to talk about our team and to talk about the West Ham performance. Um, It was, as was the game against Liverpool, a game of two halves and maybe even three quarters if you kind of count. The fact that we, in the first 30 minutes, looked like the same team that came out against Liverpool to begin with. It looked like the same team that dominated in the beginning parts of the season. It looked like the Arsenal that can convince us we are truly worthy of winning a title. And it took 45 minutes for that system to collapse against Liverpool, Um, less so against West Ham. Obviously, Declan Rice's high-pressing action on Thomas Partey that led to the penalty was kind of the catalyst. But even before that, we can talk often about Arsenal lacking, I'd say, some killer instinct. But nowhere was it more evident than the absolute swagger with which we took a 2-0 lead. And then I agree, I think, with Jamie Carragher. I think we got too cocky. I think that we felt like the result was assured. I don't think it, that was the case against Liverpool, I might add, because Liverpool is always a tough test, especially at Anfield, where we historically have struggled to get points. But against West Ham, okay, yes, it's at the London Stadium, not exactly a fortress. It's a team against which we have relative success. Um, and I think to drop points in this instance is horrible. It is the worst possible outcome, really, is getting anything other than three points. But what was really awful to watch was the fashion in which we went about it because if we play like we played in the O's opening 30 minutes for the rest of the season in every match we will win the Premier League title I have no doubt in that fact but as happens we've continued to build the pressure on ourselves and that is a fact that is a fact there is no way to get around that it is an irrevocable inescapable truth that at the moment The pressure, yes, is being piled on by City and by pundits and by fans and by the online community and by whomever. But the people putting us under the most pressure are ourselves. And that pressure could make diamonds or it could collapse us. 
And I think Southampton, this be, the game this weekend, you might see a bit of a different Arsenal. An Arsenal, maybe with a different mentality, maybe with a different hunger. An Arsenal that look more composed. Or you might see an Arsenal that are shattered. We don't know the team that's going to come out of the tunnel on Friday. What we do know, though, is that we now essentially have to win out. If Manchester City are to win all of their remaining games, they will win the title. If we can eke out a result at the Etihad, even a draw. If we win out, we will win the title by, I believe, a point. Um, Which is slightly frightening. But, you know, that is the way. That is how it's going to be. And most key in every individual run-in are going to be the players. And though it's, you know, a dire result against West Ham, it's not all doom and gloom. Um, I'm going to start with, I think, the more positive half of this podcast, which is going to be the players whose performances I want to highlight for positive reasons. Um, And again, no player was universally good, but there was a lot of real moments of solidity, especially in those first 30 minutes. So first, I want to compliment Gabriel Jesus. His stock is rising. Um, Many fans have bemoaned the decision to bring him off from Mikel Arteta. I agree with that decision to an extent. I think that fitness is an amazing thing because he's a player coming back from injury and we need him sharp as the tail end of the season approaches. If managing his minutes was agreed upon prior, you know, there's an argument to be made that it's the right choice simply because we need him healthy and he's not at 100%. However, he looked sharp. He looked fierce. He was by far our best goal-scoring threat throughout. Frankly, he should have not left the pitch when he did. Um, I mean, he was the Gabriel Jesus, maybe not of old, but he finally looked like he had kind of that vigor and that fire and that utter just chaos energy that we're used to seeing from Gabriel Jesus. It was the thing I most appreciated, honestly, on the day. Um, Other players who deserve some credit, Ben White was absolutely imperious in those opening 30 minutes and had a pretty solid game afterwards, didn't get exposed too badly, kind of really in any scenario. Um, Gabriel, of course, was his usual monster self. Okay, we can talk about the penalty. And to get onto that incident, um, and frankly, to skip over the early part of things, yes, we scored two goals within the opening 10 minutes. They were both beautiful, composed, but then we sat back. We invited pressure. West Ham, as they are want to do, delivered a very high-octane performance. Um, we started they, We started letting them play long balls. We gave them space in behind. Rob Holding, um, yes, he didn't concede any penalties, but he also is noticeably slow, and Mikel Antonio targeted that weakness. Um something to watch out for when it's Erling Holland in two weeks' time. But in general, I would say that Gabriel had a pretty good showing, but up against Lucas Paqueta, he essentially just got run into. Um, Yes, he puts in a challenge. Paqueta sees it, sticks his foot under his leg, and is falling down before the contact is made. But for whatever reason, it's called a penalty. Um, I personally think the call is pretty borderline. I think it's pretty soft, but it's the type of call that we've seen go really consistently this year. Um, and for those who might wonder about that handball in the buildup from Declan Rice, well, it's a case, again, that Arsenal have won this season and lost this season. Um, in the Brentford game, we lost, I believe it was Brentford. Alfie Colshaw will likely be rolling in his grave if I've misappropriated that. 
but we lost a penalty out for a massive handball in the box for a player kind of coming down with his hands above his head and the ball hitting it. Of course, not called. But at the same time, there was a Gabrielle mistake earlier in the year where the ball hit his hand. I believe it might have been against Liverpool in the home leg. And again, that decision wasn't given. So I think I don't want to say all's fair. I understand the reasons why it wasn't called. But again, that penalty turned the tide. And from there, the tide kept on turning. Um, Of course, to get into the second half, one player whose stock has not changed, but who I do have to show commiseration for is Bukayo Saka. Um, he has been flawless in the penalty spot since the Euros, and people forget that was Euro 2020. Yes, of course, played in the summer of 2021, but it's nearly, I believe it's now two years on from his penalty miss against Italy, and yet every time he steps up to the spot, it is still the narrative around him. Um, I have to say, this penalty, the miss, it didn't feel like it was going to determine the tide of the game. For me, it felt like it was indicative of it. Um, we had a two-goal lead and did not feel like we were controlling the game. And even if you look at the stats, simple stats, and I'm not going to go into the XG, although that was very even coming into the halftime, West Ham had outshot us. They had created more chances. They had proved more dangerous. Um, Frankly, we finished ours better, and yes, we had the lion's share of possession, but this is not a team that is as it was in 2017-18, as some might be suggesting. We don't have a weak spine or a weak core. What we do have is confidence, but I think in this match, overconfidence. Um, the last player I'll say, stock rising, Gabriel Martinelli, can't make a mistake right now. I mean, he truly had a good game offensively, chipped in defensively. Not much more you can ask. Frankly, there weren't too many stellar performances on the pitch. The only other player I might have given something to is Jorginho, because in a game where our number five struggled pretty mightily for time and space on the ball and touches, I mean, he had a season low for tackles, interceptions, defensive interventions, um, and ball claims. So, or I should say, reclamations of possession. Um, scored lowest as he has all season in all of those categories, but really struggled to deal, I think, without that stabilizing presence of Zinchenko beside him. Um, Thomas Partey is a very good player, but he cannot do it all. And I think we saw some of his weaknesses exposed when he is left a bit isolated in the midfield. Um, To flip back the other way, though, a player that did help his case somewhat was Jorginho. I think when he came in, he was a little more stabilizing. He had a lot of touches in a very short span of time. And yes, we had a bit more of the ball, but... In general, I think there could be calls for Jorginho to to take the stand and really regulate some tempo against Southampton on Friday. That said, though, there are a lot of players whose stock fell um, this weekend. Rob Holding is, of course, on that list. Kieran Tierney is, of course, on that list. And Thomas Partey, I would argue, heads that list for a number of reasons. Um, had a very poor game across the board, but especially in his... Decision-making, the decision that led to the Declan Rice penalty. Again, there's a difference between confidence and cockiness, and he fell too far on the cockiness side for me. Holding didn't have a defensive intervention all game. That's not good. Uh, Kieran Tierney, in my mind, had a very good first half, but couldn't deal with the inverted role, didn't touch the ball as much as we needed him to, and was not enough of an outlet in possession. Um, Martin Odegaard, I think, was hooked too soon for me. Granite Jaka felt slightly anonymous. 
Aaron Ramsdale did what Aaron Ramsdale does, which is provide a couple moments of excellent distribution and was pretty good in the shot stopping that he was called to do, but frankly, really not much he could do about either of the goals. I mean, okay, yes, one is a penalty, but um, the second one, I mean, again, there's very little to do about that strike. Yes, he gets a hand on it as near post, but Jared Bowen is is very good at shooting in that exact scenario and scoring. He's a, had a very good game. Um, I think I saw a tweet from Sam Ty, who's a journalist I admire, that um, he has this weird ability to look like he's off balance at all times and yet end up doing very good things with the ball. And I agree. Jared Bowen had a great game. Um, but we let him have a great game. I think we let West Ham in too much, frankly. That is my biggest tactical assessment. But if you want my greatest stock falling from the weekend, honestly, with the exception of Tomas Partey, it's Mikel Arteta. Um, he didn't display a lot of his usual passion, a lot of the anger and a lot of the joy we've seen from him. It, he seemed subdued, I think, a lot of the time, and that reflected in his tactical substitutions. It was not as bizarre, I will add, as bringing Jakub Kivior on against Liverpool, but I think that he made the wrong decisions in moments where it mattered, and I don't think that he managed the game well. Um... Of course, missing Zinchenko stinks and yada yada, but I think there are players who could have influenced the game, who could have provided more drive, more creativity. I honestly think that potentially moving number five to the right back position and bringing Jorginho in, there are a lot of optional tactical twists and changes that could have happened to influence the game state and at least throw a spanner in the ranch, in the ranch, <laughs> um, a spanner in the works. I don't know what I'm talking about. A spanner in the works for West Ham. But it he seemed content to let his team play the match out. And in my mind, that was the wrong decision. Um, that truly is about it for my stock rising and falling. Other than that, that is my eventual summary of the West Ham match. Um, I think, frankly, when 2-2 happened... A third goal for us was unlikely. A third goal for West Ham was equally unlikely. It, as you know, Arsenal had this weird thing where sometimes we need a little bit of a kick in the pants to shock us into gear. Um, and I think that second goal did provide that. We had a little more of a creative spark. We did a little better. Um, some wasteful moments in front of goal, but just in general, we are a team with absurd quality and excellent pedigree. And we have not been playing like it of late. I think this Southampton match is going to be beyond key in determining the future of our season. Because again, it is the only buffer, I suppose, between us currently and between Manchester City. Um, and that is just the fact of the matter. It is two weeks and not even that. It is this Friday and the upcoming Wednesday where we play Manchester City. Um, that is not a lot of time. It's a five-day turnaround, and if this team could use anything at all, it's just a scrap of confidence, because coming into a, a Manchester City match where we may not have William Saliba back, Alexander Sinchenko is looking likely to start, but where we may once again be relying on Rob Holding, it could get tricky. And I think we all need to except the outcome, that we have the players that we have at our disposal, 
but this is still a team capable of earning results and honestly I believe of getting a draw if not a win at Manchester City that may sound naive to you uh to you who are listening if you are still listening and I do hope you are um but I do think in general that these two matches do not reflect our season um here's another stat that doesn't reflect our season we have conceded almost 20% of the goals that we have shipped in this entire campaign and I believe it's the last four games or something like that. Um, really, really frightening statistic. I could be completely wrong. Again, I'm misquoting shit I got off Twitter. But we've been leaky at the back. We've been unconvincing up front. We have hit a bit of a dry patch. And honestly, we need a win desperately. We'll get a win against Southampton. But we need just a little scrap of momentum going in to face a city team who are who are shit hot who are you know playing four center backs and defending like anything and also making a good run in the Champions League um though I do not think that will necessarily have much of an influence on this particular run and maybe it'll tick in at the end of the season if they continue further in that competition but just in general um it is an uphill battle for Arsenal but it's not over yet So until the dust settles at the Etihad, and until the dust settles all the way flash forward to May 28th, I still have hope, and I still believe. Um, With that said, thank you so much for listening. I'm going to do a quick marketing moment, Um, marketing opportunity of a lifetime. Go follow all of us boys on Twitter. of course, I am at Mac Johnson 22152. I will go out of order here. My first compatriot is, of course, my co-host at ASC Blogger 49, Rob. Um, Alfie Kolsha, you can find on Twitter at, at Alfie Kolsha. And last but not least, of course, the original, the man who has inspired me talking arbitrarily for a while into this microphone, Daniel Finton at Daniel underscore Finton. Please go give all of them a follow. Continue to check out the wonderful content we produce on weloveyourarsenal.co.uk. And we need a song. And I have a song. I know this is a shock for those of you who typically listen to Alfie Colshaw-led shows of late, but I do have a song. And not only is it a song, I think it's a good one. Um, Panic specifically by the Smiths, a little bit of British rock for you all, to to serenade you off into what will hopefully be a very successful win against Southampton on Friday. Thank you all for tuning in to the weirdest Arsenal Cannon podcast that's been recorded in a while. It has been a pleasure rambling in front of the microphone. I will be honest, I blacked out for about half of that. So I really hope what I've said is coherent. But thank you so much for listening, and I will catch you all on the next recording. Bye. (laughs) 